ladies and gentlemen and Internet of Things professionals out there in the worldwide interwebs and listening to this probably in your car. Thank you for joining us on Real World IoT. I am Ken Briota, your host for this series, and I appreciate all of you out there who are listening. Here on Real World IoT, we're uh, digging down into uh, into the Internet of Things industry, and, and the way we're doing that is by getting past the hype cycle, getting past the marketing speak, and and really touching on real-world best practices, trends, learnings, and strategies that are going to help you grow your business, they're going to help you monetize, they're going to help you get to a more profitable place, and uh, in the end, help the entire industry grow and and keep lifting, which is, I think, in all of our interests. So uh, I appreciate you listening, and let's jump right in. My guest today is Jeremy Drury. He's the VP of IoT Diagnostics, which is sort of, as he described, a little sister to Hydrotech. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely, Ken. Thanks for having me. It's entirely my pleasure, and uh, as my listeners are about to find out, theirs too. In case folks aren't familiar with you or uh, with Hydrotech or IoT Diagnostics, why don't you give us a little overview of what your day-to-day is like and what you're usually working on? Yeah, absolutely, Ken. So, so IoT Diagnostics, uh, we've been... Uh, in business since uh, since April of this year, so we're uh, we're a young organization, uh, but we were created from uh, a, a group that's actually been 50 years uh, 50 years this year called Hydrotech, uh, and they are in the fluid power business, uh, specifically into hydraulics. Uh, so when they started to work, uh, you know, with think heavy heavy equipment, heavy machinery, you know, axial piston pumps of the sort. Uh, you know, when they wanted to start putting diagnostic devices on uh, on this equipment, they thought, you know what, let's create kind of a separate lean startup uh, sort of endeavor uh, to to maximize uh, speed and iterative delivery. Uh, you know, so when I when I connected with the the CEO back in January, a gentleman by the name of Rex Weatherall, uh, we said, you know what, let's uh, let's go ahead and start this separate endeavor called IoT Diagnostics, uh, so we can focus specifically on uh, the IoT piece. Uh, this really cool niche lane of the IoT market. That makes sense. Um, and uh, so, with with IoT diagnostics, you, you're working a lot with the idea of implementation of solutions, right? For for your that's, clients and, and your customers. That's correct. So you know, so I say that we're a, we're a turnkey uh, solution provider. And what I mean by that is, you know, so right now we have a you know, we're our flagship product uh, is this thing called the Pump MD. Uh, so imagine a, a Fitbit, which I think a lot of people can wrap their minds around. So you know, biometric data uh, for uh, for axial piston pumps. Uh, so without going too deep here, uh, an axial piston pump basically, if you think your modern day manufacturing operations, injection molding machines, you know, parts per million uh, type of mm-hmm. thing at the at the heart of these machines are axial piston pumps. So they're basically pressing the fluid through these machines that, that drive the compression that helps to create, you know, all these parts. Uh, so, so can I'm 100% in the uptime slash downtime business. Uh, and what happens is, you know, these axial piston pumps, not only are they critical to, uh, to that operation, but they're really expensive uh, and they fail because they're just yeah. like we all are. They're overworked, they're overstressed uh, and they, they fail. They're not taken good care of. Uh, so yeah. for the last, you know, for the last, my gosh, you know, for the last handful of decades, uh, 
you know, blind reactive maintenance has been my customer's chore when it comes to pump maintenance. You know, that their, their pumps, their operations are, are working great until they're not. Uh, you know, and right, they get right. the, the, the dreaded phone call or the dreaded alert, report to pump 12 has <laughs> failed. You know, so right, now their right. customer who's waiting on their, you know, 20,000 bumper order at the end of the day, not going to have it. Um, so, you know, we said, hey, we're going to take this device that's about the size of a, an early 1990s cell phone. Uh, and we're going to <laughs> bolt it on to uh, this axial piston pump. And we're going to give you real-time uh, remote monitoring, condition monitoring of critical things like pressure, temperature, and flow coming out of that axial piston pump. So now, right. you know, the, the goal would be is, you know, we're, you know our, our slogan is that we're connecting prediction to production, you know, because we want our customers to focus on what's important to them, which is production. Let us worry about the whole, you know, when your pump's going to fail. And if I can give you an alert three months before your, your pump's going to fail, because we can see that your flow is trending uh, the bad way or the wrong way, that's going to allow you to set up a better preventative maintenance program to get that pump out of there on your time rather than on an inconvenient time. Right. And, and that uh, transitions beautifully into what our, our main discussion here today is, which is uh, it would be very easily, very easy for you. And you didn't just now. So well done avoiding the trap. Uh, to refer to what you guys are doing as plug and play in your marketing language. Um, and I think that a lot of IoT companies do that in an attempt to to illustrate that uh, this is easy. You, you just ask, you just work with us and we come in and we take care of it for you. And they're trying to communicate that piece. And I understand that that's a, a valuable thing to try to communicate. But I have such a problem with this plug and play language because it implies that it's easy. And that that you can just bolt stuff on and make it work when that's not how you create a strategic system for the IoT. Can you talk about? Maybe you disagree with me, but uh, in which case we're about to have an <laughs> argument. But <laughs> uh, but can you talk a little bit about about what what that really means? Yeah, no, uh, Kim. That's a, I'm, I'm I'm glad I avoided the trap because I. Uh, <laughs> I have a strong marketing background, so it's really easy for me to, uh, you know, to speak in, in, in phrases like plug and play. And, and I have to admit, I, you know, I, I found myself now, uh, you know, being a part of this growing organization for, for almost a year now. Uh, I, I'm just as irritated when I see plug and play language. But the, the, the great part is, is, you know, for the listeners out there today, I, I'm not going to speak from a soapbox, but more from the epicenter because my company actually got started speaking about plug and play. That was how we, you know, back in the early, early phases, uh, that's, that's how we wanted to position ourselves, um, yeah. you know, because uh, it is the easy thing to do. Um, you know, we, I have to admit that, you know, originally when we were first talking about this, you know, we wanted it to be an e-commerce solution, you know, so uh, pissed off operations or maintenance manager whose pump's just blown, they Google pump failure, our website yeah. for the pump MD comes up, they go on there, they put in their configuration, they buy it, it ships, they set it up, and they're off and running within maybe a week's time. That sounds perfect, right? It sounds like a, <laughs> an easy path, yeah. an easy path to, you know, eight, nine figures, right? Um, however, uh, what we've found uh, is, you know, that um, it, it's interesting because it's, it's an unfortunate misnomer in, in the marketplace uh, because it, it's counter to okay, we're we're in this in this highly specialized marketplace nowadays, right? Where everyone wants everything customized for them. 
um, but yet plug and play and plug plug and play has this kind of generalist tone underneath of it, right? You know, where it's this one right. size fits all one stop shop. Uh, well, I can even tell you that there are six different versions of our pump MD just based on someone's pump size. Uh, you sure. know, so it's almost that well, I think what it should actually be phrased is, you know, plug in parentheses into my organization and play <laughs> in parentheses with the way that I want to play. And that's what it's all right. been for us, you know, so we're, uh, you know, where we're at as an organization right now, I mean, we are, uh, we're in controlled release phase. Um, you know, we've gone through our pilot projects, uh, had a lot of great success coming out of our, you know, from our customers on just this, this paradigm shift from kind of qualitative maintenance to quantitative maintenance. Um, but as, as a part of that journey for us, uh, man, you want to talk about managing things. I mean, each customer can, you know, not only were we having to get in there and help them manage their connectivity, uh, we had to help them manage their install environment. We had to help them manage how they wanted to deal with flow and data. And obviously, I'm hoping you picked up on the key word there, which is manage. <laughs> and you know that, yeah. that, that manage, manage is the output of time and effort, right? Um, so if you strip time and effort, you're not going to be managing a whole lot very well, uh, right. you know. So, you know. So again, because what happens is is what we found, you know. So let's say this operations uh, this operations manager again, he has a bad day, his pumps failed, in an emotional decision, he goes and he buys a pump MD, which is great for my organization, until right. he gets the until he gets the pump MD into his possession. And he goes to get it connected. And now suddenly he's in the world of firewalls and TCPIPs <laughs> and NQTPs yeah. and, and brokers and cell phone contracts. And, and suddenly now he's like, okay, well, this isn't worth it. And I'm, I'm screaming on the other end because it is so worth it for him as a customer. But now I've right. bogged him down in trying to figure out all this stuff on his own. Um, right. and and you touched on an interesting... Here. You touched on an interesting piece of that just then when you said, you know, firewalls. And <laughs> because I think that there's a that there's an argument to be made that, that that mindset, the mindset of the plug and play and the this is easy and the, the one stop shop thing that end users get faced with is they they assume that part of that discussion is, oh, this is already secure. And so mm -hmm. that I I think there's an argument to be made that there's part part of our perception of insecurity about the IOT and the reality of the insecurities of the IOT is that some of the, there's a communications problem between the, the bolt on devices and the, the people, the, the end users using the bolt on devices and the manufacturers of the bolt on devices, mm -hmm. because it, it, you know, if it's, if something's built as an IOT enabled device, like the way, GE builds their jet engines now and stuff like that, that's different. Then the OEM has the full control over the piece. But with situations like this, there's a lot of players in place. And I think that it might just be naivete uh, on the part of the, the end user where they don't think that there's a security issue. Is that, is that possible? You know, it, 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 uh, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, for us, uh, I mean, manufacturing covers such a, a broad set of possible customers. I mean, we've had installed bases at the single million dollar customers and we've had installed base at the multi-billion dollar customers. And uh, and along that spectrum, you better believe that this whole privacy and security piece, that conversation obviously gets much more difficult uh, as we approach the larger companies, you know, where the, the smaller companies, 
you know, and it's not to knock them. It's just their, it's their lane, you know, is, is it's kind of one Oh one of, Hey, like don't have your password be zero, 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 uh, <laughs> you know, th- that kind of approach versus, you know, one of our, one of our largest installs at our, at our biggest, uh, biggest customer, uh, cannot, not an over-exaggeration. We had our final call after weeks of multiple emails and phone calls going back and forth. The final call had 20 people on a conference call. Wow. Uh, just huh. and 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 I'm in I'm in the sub one thousand dollar product range for my solution, uh, right? You know, so you can only imagine how seriously some of these you know because I don't care if I'm selling them a, a ten dollar sensor if it's connected to the internet there's still the perception that it's a path of of hacking or uh, privacy yeah. distribution you know so uh, you know so again this whole idea of plug and play. Um, if I didn't give myself the room to be able to sit down and walk through with that customer, you know, here's our approach to security. Uh, here's, you know, here's how we're encrypting ourselves and here's our data flow and data patterns. You know, I would have potentially walked away from a, from a huge contract with a customer just because I wasn't ready for it because I was too busy trying to promote to them that this was plug and play. Right, right, right. So, um, just to just to recap a little bit, there there are a lot of dangers in the language of plug and play, and that's part of what we're deconstructing here on on real world IoT is the language the language that we use around IoT. But there are also, as we've just discussed, practical problems with thinking about things as plug and play. How do you how do you think? Is it possible to overcome that to get past that where we actually have conversations? in the first level about realities instead of in the, the later, because the later conversations are going to be any, any reputable or, or good company is going to say, okay, look, this is really the operations and how it works and how we get you hooked up. Once you're already mm-hmm. talking to a, a client in the second or third conversation, how do we make the first conversation be, let's talk real world here. Let's not pretend that this is going to be super easy for you, but at the same time, there's how I can take some of the weight off. Yeah. How do those conversations yeah, take place? That's that, that's a great it's a, it's a great point. Um, you know, and I think uh, it's probably multiple multiple lanes in answer here. So I think there's a couple of things. There's one, uh, you know, I I'm admittedly a, a geek out a bit on you know human behavior and buyer behavior and all sorts of stuff. And sure. uh, and I think sometimes what happens from a from a vendor standpoint, I think this was what. Uh, what IoT diagnostics and Hydrotech maybe got incorrectly at the beginning of this is there's this this phenomenon called the the Dunning Kruger effect and it's basically of course if you <laughs> if you you know if you're familiar with it it's the whole idea where we we kind of overestimate our our capabilities right where everyone thinks right. we're above average driver uh, even though the car insurance industry is still you know ripe with opportunities and you know or the you know if you're a sports person it's what i would call you know the michael jordan baseball reference is you know just because <laughs> you're a you're an incredible athlete uh maybe the greatest of all time in one aspect doesn't mean that it directly translates to something else and i think that's where you know for my organization uh we, we had 50 years of pump experience you know we know pumps inside and out we know industrial manufacturing operations inside and out and iot was a bit new for us so it's really easy for someone to fall in that trap, you know, these bigger companies that say, okay, well, we know this portion of the industry, so let's let's bleed that over and just kind of assume that we're also going to know how to, you know, breach into IoT contracts. Because if we're already talking to these customers on a regular basis based on, you know, the pumps that we're distributing into them, 
then it should be a pretty easy IoT conversation. But Ken, I got to tell you, you know, when I'm talking with my distributors, you know, and these sales guys who've been kind of one lane focused on what they've been uh, trying to sell, suddenly when I'm trying to tell them, okay, well, here's maybe how you have a firewall conversation, or here's how you talk with their IT manager, I can tell you right now, not any of my sales team wants to talk to an IT manager. Um, Cause that's just not, right, that's right. not their, that's not their lane. Um, you know, so I think a couple of ways to potentially uh, uh, mitigate that, um, you know, is, is on one hand, what we've, what we're, what we're doing and we're starting to spend a lot more resources on is, you know, front loading educational material. So for instance, what we're calling just, you know, kind of under the, under the hood here, just digital and physical install assessments. Um, you know, so how can we, uh, you know, meet that customer where they're at, which is in this pain point of pump failure and let them know, okay, well, we potentially have this great solution for you, but, you know, here's a couple of things, you know, and hey, operations manager, because you're probably the person who's going to reach out to me first, you know, pass this packet of information onto your IT manager just to know, right. you know, what, what they need to do. Um, so we're not showing up at your doorstep with a product that is ready to go, <laughs> but then it can't get connected. Um, you right, know, because right, what right. we found is, is there's this really neat hybrid customer that we're starting to deal with where it's this blend of IT and OT, you know, uh, sure. so you have this operations, but now, you know, I had to laugh. We had one, uh, a customer in here a couple months ago. Uh, and of course the guy was from the operations, the maintenance side. And I was like, can you tell me, uh, when was the last time you had a conversation with someone in your IT department? And he just kind of stares off into the ceiling. And I think that answered my question for me, uh, at that yeah. point. Um, you know, but now I, I think they need to, to more lean in to, you know, help each other out, uh, to get these devices connected and feel secure, uh, about the, 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 the full enterprise and, and how that affects the overall company when it comes to managing the data. Right. Right. I know, I know that you've got, uh, a sort of three-point plan for <laughs> for what with the way these things work. Let's let's get into that and, and talk about how how that works. If you don't mind explaining explaining through it for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know sometimes it's easy just to focus on three things, and and those three things for me is is I think getting to the root cause of okay, well, why are vendors even suggesting plug and play in the first place? Uh, and then I want to talk about you know what's what's inherently dangerous about that suggestion. Uh, and then lastly, you know, to, to, to wrap that up is, you know, well, how do we, how do we shift, you know, how do we actually become more empathetic of our customers, uh, rather than trying to constantly position and sell, you know, and, and, and so to start, you know, like, uh, you know, obviously I think the easiest path here is, you know, why vendors suggest plug and play. It, it's because of marketing, right? I mean, it's, right, it's right. uh, you know, it, it, it speaks to, uh, where it's just trying to identify where the customer is at. Uh, and I can, you know, again, from my lane of, you know, industrial manufacturing operations, uh, can I tell you when I'm at, when I'm at the customer, they literally, they, the best metaphor I could describe is like, they're like a boomerang. So they're in front of me and we're having a conversation and then they get called away to fix some air. So they, they, they disappear for maybe 20 minutes and then they're back and then we'll continue right. the conversation and then they'll disappear again. You know, I, I, I always know they're coming back. Um, but it's, <laughs> hold back, you know, back and forth and, and bouncing off because, you know, if I could frame the, the personality of that customer and, and their emotional state, they're, they're overworked, they're stressed, they're constantly reacting. Um, right. You know, that's just like, they are a, a hard worked bunch because, you know, production, the production environment 
if if these companies aren't producing above and beyond every single day, then their you know their customers are going to go somewhere else. Um, you know, so what a what a potential relief uh, for me to say, man, this thing is super easy. You know, like I'm I'm going to solve all the world's problems, uh, all your problems with just a single device. You just pop it in, plug it in, and you're good to go. Um, that to me, that's a really easy hook to potentially get them to to fall into. Um, you know, so, so I think that's, uh, you know, that's a spot where I think a lot of companies just fall into that, that trap. And again, kind of getting back into, uh, why that's, why that's dangerous, um, to, to do that. And because to me, especially in this phase of IOT deployment that we're in, you know, the last couple of conferences that I've been into, like we're slowly peeking our head up and out of this pilot project phase. And now we're starting to get into more, you know, system-wide uh, implementation. Um, but even for these companies that are still maybe in this pilot phase or considering pilot phasing, um, you know, plug and play, the whole concept of it, hijacks an important feedback loop. How can you iterate if it's, you know, kind of set it and forget it mentality? Um, right. Because I can tell you from, from the first customer that I talked to this year to the customers that I'm talking to now, we've already made, gosh, probably a half a dozen tweaks and iterations to our, our product and how... Uh, how it connects, and um, you know, just because we've learned things. I mean, one of the one of the the most unfortunate stories, but it was a, a heck of a learning experience. Is you know, we went to this plastic injection molding plant uh, in Ohio, and uh, you know, it, we sit down with them at a conference room table, and you know, the uh, ball on the tee kind of conversation when you're sitting in front of a customer, and he says, you know what, Jeremy, globally, our number one problem right now as an organization globally is pump failure. I mean, it's just like eyes on the prize at that point, you know, like this <laughs> yeah, should be yeah. a piece, piece of cake for this, you know? So we go out there, you know, kind of explaining more, we go out there and we put the, uh, you know, we'll walk up to where, uh, you know, the big injection molding machine is, you know, we find the, 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 the piston pump and can it, it, it's sitting inside of a Faraday cage, which is a, which is a signal, oh, dead, you know, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and the reason that they put that on there is, you know, for a lot of reasons, again, these pumps are expensive. They don't want guys walking all over them, guys, gals walking all over them, you know? So, okay, wait a second. So now I'm supposed to put this connected device inside this dead <laughs> cage. So it was, it was, it was a stopgap at that point. Like, so suddenly I have this customer who's telling me that their number one global problem is pump failure. And I, I have to walk away of not being able to give them the, the solution that they need that day, you know, but, right. but if I, you know, so imagine if you would have, if you would have removed me from that entire conversation and I would have sold them online as a plug and play and they would have purchased the pump in D and I would have never been able to have that conversation. They would have got it there, installed it. It wouldn't have worked. I may have never heard from right. them again, you know, right. so being able to get into that feedback loop with them, uh, it, it's worth the time and the effort at this point. Um, because, you know, it, it gets to be about, about friction, right? If you're in any sort of sales strategy, you always look at, you map yeah. out the customer journey and you're trying to remove friction across that entire path, right? Um, right, right, right. And, and the plug and play, I mean, almost at this point, it feels like, well, I can just lie to my customers and tell them this is a piece of cake and just postpone friction <laughs> until after purchase is what this feels right. like sometimes, right? And, um, and obviously but, that's short-sighted. And I think if you phrase it that way, everybody would agree that it's short-sighted. But I don't think I don't think as many people see it that way. If you don't phrase it that way, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, you know, but it's still this whole idea. You know, regardless of phrasing of okay, like there is going to be friction in any sort of adoption of new technology. Um, sure. You know, so let's let's go ahead and 
uh, and have that conversation early and upfront. And because, you know, one of the latest seminars that I was at, uh, you know, they had said at this point, the number one, um, you know, kind of push of, of why IoT projects pass or fail inside of organizations is senior executive support and buy-in. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and that's, and, and my thing is, okay, you know, how many senior executives still buy into plug and play at this point? Uh, you know, there's going to be, there should be a lot of questions in and around that. So I know if I'm going to ultimately have to sit down with, with people, you know, at the highest levels of an organization, uh, I'm going to have to, you know, kind of get into a more of a business case type of a conversation, um, sure. you know, with them. So and you may as well you know, start so, that early. That's exactly, you're exactly right. You know, so again, um, as I mentioned, you know, pretty early into our conversation here, you know, I think, I think you can still get by with, with plug and play. I just don't think the rest of that sentence is there on either of those. Like customer, right. I deeply actually want you this to be plug and play for you, but let me sit down and understand how I can make this plug into your specific organization and how I can make this play nicely with your current operations. You know, right. because I mean, we've got, we've got customers you know, that we kind of, you know, I, I laugh, you know, maybe they're called industry 3.9 customers where they're close, but maybe they don't want, you know, they don't want the data leaving the organization. They want to keep everything, you know, really, uh, you know, so they want connected devices, but they don't necessarily want the data going anywhere other than, you know, at that, at that site. Uh, right. You know, and I can understand why, and I, I would, you know, I can meet them at that, but, you know, there's also a lot of potential value add that they're missing by not letting an organization like mine help them out, you know, with, with the right alerts and the right setups and how to set them up with data that we may be seeing um, versus other organizations that, you know, say, you know what, uh, let's, let's, let's run this thing. You know, here's our special network parameters, whether it's in BIOT or anything like that, you know, here's how we're going to do our IOT. So let's, let's get you involved in this side of the organization and go from there. Um, so again, it just kind of, it speaks more against this. If anyone's positioning plug and play as a one size fits all, which is a, a very dangerous place to be. I agree. Um, I want to, uh, as we get sort of near the end of our time, I want to change the perspective to the other side and, and talk about this from the point of view of the user, the, the plugger and or the player. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what should what what are some of the questions that they should be asking if somebody comes to them and says I have this solution to your problem? How do they avoid falling into the trap of saying, "Well, plug and play that seems easy, that seems great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 great. Um, you know, so for me, uh, again, the, the top you know the top two lenses I think to to simplify this the most. Uh, is just talking about this whole idea of digital and physical environment. Because uh, those are the two kind of the, the home base of where these devices are going to play, right? Um, so from an industrial, you know, that's the lens that I'm coming from. It's from an industrial lens. Uh, sure. If I have to go eight floors down into a subterranean basement with thick concrete walls, that's going to be a, a physical environment nightmare um, to try and overcome that, you know, with the amount of access points and different things uh, to actually be able to get the right amount of data, you know, up and out of that, you know, of that space. Um, right. Or, you know, so that's, you know, a physical example. And then a digital example would be, you know, exactly kind of some of the things that we've hit upon already, you know, that uh, if, if the operations department isn't communicating with the IT department, you know, and they just want to, you know, they think this is just like, uh, 
you know, getting a new modem at home or something like that, which can have its own share of complications. But, you know, hey, I just, I'm looking for this device on the Wi-Fi network and I click on it and I should get connected. Well, you know, I, hopefully IT departments are savvy enough that that can't be the case. It's going to be recognized as an unknown device. It's not going to be able to get connected. Um, right. You know, so the, the, as, as the customer, what I would ask is, you know, say, hey, um, how are you currently connecting, uh, you know, your device? What is your, what is your methods of connecting? Um, you know, and then for the physical environment, you know, are you prepared to, um, you know, how remote, uh, can your, your signal reach, um, you know, can you work inside of enclosed environments? Um, and then, you know, I think the, the, the last one for me, uh, it's, it's really about the management and the visualization of the data. And this one, it's actually really important to me. Because uh, I got I got a little annoyed at one of the one of the recent conferences that I've been to is because there was all this talk of uh, you know white elephants and pink squirrels and it was it was in this lens of talent uh, okay. you know of who's actually going to be running at these organizations these IoT programs you know and, right. and it was very it was a very futurist bend to it you know well you know more students coming out of college they're going to have they're going to have to have this, you know, mechanical and technical engineering capabilities merged with this data science capabilities. Um, and I, and I, and where I want to meet them there and I get that, that's still some time away. So what do I do with sure. the, you know, 60 year old, uh, male or female who's been at that organization for 40 years, uh, and they've got the magic hands that they can go out and fix whatever <laughs> problem necessary. How do I, how do I train them on data science that feels digestible to them? Um, right. you know, cause I can show them glitzy dashboards all day long. I can show them <laughs> trending data and I can promise yep. them, you know, predictive maintenance, this and, and, you know, collaborative robotics, that and whatnot. Um, but to me, again, if you go back to my example, they're stressed out, they're busy, uh, you know, and if they're in essence hiring my product to do a job for them, uh, are they, are they firing anything else in it's, in it's substate? Obviously that's a pool from, you know, Anthony Olwick's jobs to do, uh, right. you know, kind of uh, strategic function there. And, and I think a lot of times with IoT, at least for right now, I'm actually giving you something else to do. And we have to be really dangerous about everything that I'm asking you to do as a new customer uh, with, with IoT, you know, because they're rarely sitting yeah. at, their, at their desk looking and formulating trend charts, you know, but how can I, you know, so one of the things that I sit down with the customer is I kind of walk them through the value of a single data point. You know, watch, watch what I can do with a data point. You can actually, you know, fit six ways through your organization on one single reporting data point. They can get behind that, you know, versus, you know, hey, let me put together a 12-page report for you on your latest pump health. Uh, they don't have time to read that, you know. So right, to right. answer your question there as that customer, I would say, you know, I would want someone to walk me through what is this now going to take of me? What new hours am I going to have to budget learning, training, adopting, um, this this IoT visualization and, and kind of data output program that you're asking to install at in my organization, right? And uh, and and conversely, uh, you know, it's not all gray clouds. Conversely, what hours is this going to save me? You know, where one hundred percent? What is my what is my net going to be? You know, am I gonna am I gonna end up spending fewer hours down there replacing a pump or repairing a, pl a pump? when the rest of my line is down kind of thing. And, and how often can I predict those operational improvements is something else that, that you can get when you're not bogged down in the plug and play piece of it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, with our, um, you know, as we're getting more on our, you know, our market readiness, uh, you know, with our new website that's going to be coming out soon. I mean, our, you know, one of our flagship saying is reactive was fired, you know, and that's, and that's what we're hoping to, you know, to tell that customer is, you know, that's what we're saving them is just this whole idea of unplanned, unplanned downtime is, is painful. Uh, you know, obviously it causes great hair, uh, you know, I mean, it is, it is super stressful on an, on an organization and even on that person to just constantly feel like they're, um, you know, reacting to catastrophic failure versus, okay, well, you know, as any learning development curve, you know, it stoops before it spikes. Um, you yeah. know, so if you can hang it, if you can hang in there with me for maybe the, the 90 days to have me show you how to program this properly so that you're only receiving a notification when, you know, a trend is approaching a certain trip point, um, then really your, your operations hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, you know, so again, I think it's, it's fitting for that customer because, you know, for some of my customers, I actually think that they would really enjoy sitting down in front of a computer and, and getting really deep into the data and making sense of, you know, quote unquote, the story that's kind of going on behind these pumps. But then for right. other people who are constantly on the go, they just want to push notification that says, Hey, you know what? Pump four doesn't look like it's doing too hot. You may want to swap that out before you have an issue. Right. Awesome. Um, uh, we're officially hitting time here. So can you tell the folks how they can find out more about you and about, uh, uh, you know, if they want to follow up with you, if they have any questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ken, thanks again. I uh, love what you guys and the 151 advisors are doing for the IOT community. If you want to plug in with me directly, the easiest way is LinkedIn. Uh, so again, my name is Jeremy Drury. That's D-R-U-R-Y. Uh, just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, we're, we're newly on Twitter just with the, where we're at in the organization, but that's uh, at IOT Diag. Uh, so it's D-I-A-G. Uh, and then if you're just curious about the device that we were talking about today, uh, you can go to uh, mypumpmd.com and you can learn more about what we're doing to uh, basically eliminate pump failure or unplanned eliminate uh, unplanned failure in the, in the marketplace. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Folks, um, this has been uh, IOT, real world IOT, uh, powered by 151 Advisors. And uh, on this show, as we have done today, we're trying to dig through the hype and uh, find out uh, really what you need to know and how you uh, how how your operations are changing and being changed by the IOT. So feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, at uh, 151advisors.com. If you uh, have comments, questions, concerns, please leave us a review wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast. If you've enjoyed it, uh, we appreciate having all of you out there listening to Real World IoT. Uh, thank you so much, Jeremy, for being my guest. This has been really great. Absolutely, Ken. Pleasure. Pleasure has been entirely mine, and I'm sure my listeners. That is it, folks. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great day. Well, folks, thank you for listening to this episode of Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. Make sure you go online to check out more content on how you can monetize the connected world at 151advisors.com. That's 151advisors.com for all the information and content like this podcast that will help you power your business and monetize your business into the next phase of the IoT. Thank you again for listening to Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. I am your host, Ken Briota, signing off. See you next time.